Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, April 8th, 6.02 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures down two and a half at 747 and three quarters. December corn down one and a quarter at 707 and three quarters. July soybeans up one and a half, 1628 and a half last trade there. November beans up a quarter cent at 1466 and a half. July Chicago wheat down a quarter cent at 1025. July Kansas City wheat down two at 1071 and a quarter. July spring wheat down one at 1098 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review this weekend if you have not already on that Apple app in particular. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment. My goal is to get to 5,000 subscribers. Uh, we're within two or 300 here, I think, as of this morning. If you need some additional assistance from me, guys, go to my website. It is www.stand.com. Standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information every single business day. My morning email goes out before 6 a.m. Central every day. That includes uh, weather info, all of my grain marketing recommendations, every overnight headline you need to be aware of, a lot of interesting charts and graphics. Uh, this subscription also includes my daily subscriber-only videos. I do a new one every single business day. I did a subscriber video yesterday regarding Brazil. You know, we've been kind of laser-focused on you. Ukraine and Russia and that situation. But uh, the fact of the matter is that the light soybean crop in Brazil is a big deal. And uh, it's kind of interesting. They're actually going to have a really good corn crop in Brazil. I'll talk about this here in a second. But uh, if you want some context, uh, I had some weather maps, a whole bunch of stuff, how this is going to relate to U.S. exports. Uh, you want to see this video, give that premium deal a shot, guys. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel it at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. World food prices jumped nearly 13% in March to a new record high. So the Food and Agriculture Organization, which is an arm of the United Nations, released its World Food Price Index data for March this week. They release a new set every month. The index jumped to a new record, eclipsing last last month's uh, prior record by 12.6%. So this thing is just smashing uh, prior records in regard to world food prices. Uh, the sharp rally in wheat prices in particular, along with other food grade commodities is largely responsible here. Most people would obviously point to the Russia-Ukraine situation as the cause for the spike in wheat prices. And you know, commodity prices had been high uh, prior to the invasion. Those two countries, Russia and Ukraine, uh, prior to the invasion had been expected to account for nearly 30% of all global wheat exports prior to the invasion. So this is a big deal. I mean, here in the United States, our food prices are going to rise and it's going to be upsetting to some people. It's going to impact the inflation data it already has. The, the bigger concern when it comes to this is in poorer countries, uh, developing countries, uh, country, you know, places, countries in Africa, for example, are heavily reliant on Russia and Ukraine when it comes to wheat. So if there were to be some sort of situation where you get into a real food crisis where where there's an actual shortage. Um, here in the U.S., we're, we're, we're a rich country. We're the last people that will be hurt by this. Uh, the, uh, the immediate impact would be felt by poorer countries, and uh, that's just the way that this thing works. So it, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, what Putin has done with this Russian invasion, we, we have so many humanitarian issues uh, in regard to just what's going on in Ukraine, but this is a whole separate set of humanitarian issues when it comes to food shortage 
shortages. And I don't know if, if we're to that point yet. Uh, there's a lot of uh, logistics issues to this point that have held up the situation. It's not necessarily that the, the, the wheat isn't available or that the corn isn't available. It's just that it can't make its way out of the Black Sea. But uh, this is a uh, fluid situation. It's developing. The situation with Ukraine, of course, could change at any point. But this is potentially a big problem for uh, poor and developing countries. Absolutely. Brazil's government released its crop report yesterday. So CONAB is like Brazil's USDA. They cut their estimate for the country's soybean crop to 122.4 million metric tons, down from 125 and a half last month. USDA is at 127. Uh, that's not a bullish number. I mean, it was it was down from last month, but that's very close to what most of the private groups had been working with. The estimate for the country's corn crop was increased to 115.6, uh, up sharply from 112.4 previously. USDA is at 114. So that would be the largest Brazilian corn crop on record if confirmed. And in regard to soybeans, I think it's like the third largest or fourth largest ever. So you're going to see a, a much smaller soybean crop versus last year, but a very good corn crop. And the issue here uh, largely surrounds drought in the southern states, which negatively impacted the first corn crop, which is the smaller corn crop, and also the soybean crop. But the second and larger corn crop is grown further north. Weather there has been much more favorable. Um, I talked about this in, in much greater detail in that subscriber video yesterday. We do have a USDA report today. This is the monthly crop production and WASDE report. This is an old crop report. It will not feature new crop balance sheets. We'll get our first glimpse at USDA's new crop balance sheets for corn, soybeans, and wheat on May 12th. So in this report, be on the lookout for demand adjustments on the U.S. balance sheets, maybe adjustments to the South American production numbers, uh, any adjustment in regard to Ukraine, Russia, exports, uh, that sort of thing. This report typically is kind of like a placeholder. It's, it's not typically associated with a huge amount of volatility in the grain markets relative to, say, last week's acreage report. But in any case, anytime there is a new set of data released, there's always the potential for a surprise. Ukraine's prime minister says that the country's grain harvest will fall by 20% this year. The minister cited reduced planting area following Russia's invasion. He went on to indicate, however, that farmers were uh, short of fuel, but that the country knew how to keep them supplied. I'm not quite sure what that means. He said that Ukraine had large stocks of grain, cereals, and vegetable oil. The indication was that a food shortage in Ukraine would not be an issue. And no, I, I don't think a food shortage in Ukraine is an issue. I think that, kind of like I discussed in that first section, the uh, the food shortage, if it does become an issue, it will be the result of, of uh, these commodities being stuck in the Black Sea or being stuck in Ukraine and not making their way uh, to where they need to go. Places, again, like, like Africa and other uh, places who are heavily reliant on imports uh, from the Black Sea region. So these estimates are all over the place. I mean, some people think it's going to be like half. Uh, he's saying a 20% decline. We just don't know. And the uncertainty regarding the situation in Ukraine, I think, is is an underlying friendly factor in regard to these markets. Drought remains an issue in the United States. USDA released weekly drought data yesterday. The government estimates that 69% of U.S. winter wheat areas are experiencing a drought. That's a number that's fallen a few points in recent weeks, but still very high. So these areas in the Southern Plains, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, up into Nebraska, South Dakota, uh, very much problematic in regard to drought. They've seen some relief in some of those areas, but really not very much. USDA indicates that 31% of U.S. corn areas and 21% 
percent of U.S. soybean areas experiencing a drought, forty six percent of spring wheat areas experiencing a drought. That number was like ninety nine percent at one point of August of last year. This uh, eastern part of North Dakota and western part of Minnesota has seen some some drastically uh, significant relief here in regard to drought over the last several months. When you look at the forecasts, there's still not much on tap here in terms of precipitation for the southern plains. Next seven days is dry for Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and then like that northern, say two thirds of Nebraska is going to see some rain. A lot of Colorado's still dry, so still very much problematic for the HRW wheat crop. Uh, most of the Corn Belt's going to see some rain uh, here over the next seven days. Uh, the South is going to be really wet. Export sales of corn and wheat improved last week. Old crop corn sales, 782,000. That was up 23% on the week, but down 44% from the prior four-week average. Old crop wheat sales, uh, 156, really not a very good number there. Old crop soybean sales, uh, 801. That's not a terrible number, but it was down. Uh, some of the new crop statistics in regard to export sales are noteworthy. Accumulated new crop soybean sales are the best on record seasonally, 8.5 million metric tons, uh, up sharply from 56 last year. And I think that a lot of that is the result of this light South American soybean crop. Accumulated new crop corn sales are the best since 2013, I believe, at 2.4 million, which is getting going here. Accumulated new crop wheat sales are about on par with last year's pace. The cattle market was kind of a mixed bag yesterday. Cash cattle, I think, improved a little bit, like 140 to 141. The boxes were up just marginally. And the outside markets, uh, fairly quiet here this morning. The U.S. dollar is just a few ticks higher. The S&P's up 15. The Dow Jones up 140. Bonds off a little bit. Gold's down four bucks. Crude oil is up just three cents in that May WTI 9606. Remember, guys, report today at 11. Have a wonderful weekend. I will talk to you on Monday.